0: Today we're going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 23. Let's open our Bibles there together as we study a a passage that I've entitled, The Invincible Principle. And it's very important, it really is important for us to understand this principle of life. And it's interesting because we glean it in studying the life of Paul the Apostle. You know, one of the things we'll see is as we read through the Bible, it's not just information. It's uh, not just how Paul got from Jerusalem, then to Caesarea, then to Rome. No, it's part of how it happened. But a lot of it is this is how God works in the lives of his people. And there are things that we can apply even to our own lives. You know, I think I shared with you before that there's a lot in the Bible about Paul the apostle and it's not just a coincidence it's not just random you know god chose this man god did a work in this man this man yielded himself to the lord like that song we read we we sang earlier i surrender he surrendered he really did and so as a result of that we read you know 13 letters that he wrote out of the 27 in the new testament We read a lot about his life in Acts chapter 9. He got saved in Acts chapter 13. All the way through 28 is all about what God did through his life because we glean so many principles in studying his life. And we're going to see that even again today. And it goes hand in hand with what we were talking about earlier about life and death and, and heaven. And so we read here in Acts chapter 23 In verse 12, it says, And when it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Now, when there were more than 40 who had formed this conspiracy, they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great oath that we will eat nothing until we have killed Paul. Paul. Now, you, therefore, together with the council, suggest to the commander that he be brought down to you tomorrow as though you were going to make further inquiries concerning him, but we are ready to kill him before he comes near. And so, just in case, and I know a lot of you probably know the story, but just in case you didn't know, Paul the Apostle had gone to Jerusalem, he was in the temple, he got arrested because while well, actually, they were trying to kill him. Uh, the Romans rescued him, but now he's in their custody. The Jews just want this guy dead. And so as he's in Roman custody, you get 40 guys, think about it, more than 40 men band together with a conspiracy, and they just say, think about this, okay? Because I know you guys love food, right? I won't eat, and I won't drink. We won't eat or drink until we kill this man and so they go to the chief priest and then he talks to the council and basically the plan is you talk to the commander you get him out of the antonio fortress you bring him up in front of our courts and as he's on his way we're gonna get this guy we're gonna kill this guy and 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 so in looking at that you know there's application for us as well you know one thing i want to share Point number one, the devil does pursue us. The devil does pursue us. He wants us to die. You know, and number one reason, Well, why does the devil want to pursue us? Why is he like that? It's because he's a murderer. Number one, reason number one, why does he want us to die? Why does he pursue us? It's because of who he is. John chapter eight, verse 44, Jesus identified the devil as, as a murderer. Now, I don't know if you ever met a murderer in your life, but it's kind of a weird thing to think about. Imagine if you live next to, door to somebody who doesn't have a problem pulling that trigger, or you know, using that knife or whatever it is, you know, cutting someone's life off. I mean, by definition, they would be then identified as a murderer. That's who the devil is. They got the devil inside of them. And so make no mistake about it. He wants you dead because of who he is, he's a murderer. John chapter 10, verse 10, it says the same thing, the thief has not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And so that's the the world that we live in, right? And so number one reason he wants to kill us because of who he is. Secondly, because of who we are. And we read that in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17, and the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war, notice, with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, in context, offspring is speaking of the children of God. And so the devil wants us dead. He pursues us because of who he is. He's a murderer. And because of who we are, we're the children of God. And then the third reason the devil wants us to die is because of how we are and what we do. And here's where it gets interesting. If you're obedient, if you love the Lord, if you're sharing the gospel, if you have eyes to evangelize, if you care about the lost, then the devil wants you dead even more. If you're not, then you're not as much of a a target. But Paul the Apostle, oh, this guy was, he was this man, a headache for the devil. I mean, to the max, right? Right? Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, the Bible says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That Greek word translated persecution, it speaks of uh, someone chasing after you. Have you guys ever had someone chase after you? Not tag, I'm not talking about tag. You know, but someone who really, they're on you, they want to get you, they're chasing you down then you've got to understand, then you can kind of relate, that's what's going on in your life as a Christian. You know, this is a, a battle we're in. This is a war that we're in. The enemy is a murderer and will aggressively attempt to stop and silence us in our witness for the Lord. If you're living a life of obedience, your life is a witness. And so he hates you. If you're speaking the gospel, words of love and encouragement to people, he wants to stop you. He wants to silence you because not only is your life a witness, now your lips are a witness. And so my prayer is that the devil, my prayer is that all you guys, the devil will come after you even more. That's kind of what I'm praying, man. And the reason I'm praying that is because you know, when we're when we're doing the work of the Lord, that that's that's what we're made to do that's where we're going to find satisfaction some of you here you know you can't figure it out you can't figure it out why they're just so empty inside why it seems like life is not you know as fulfilling as you you would hope it would have been and the reason is because you're not doing what God made you to do to obey him to love him to love others to share the truth with people, so that, you know, they, when, they, when they die, they go to heaven. While they live, they live the abundant life. So when you look at Paul, you guys know, if you read the Bible, homeboy, that's what he was all about. He was not sidetracked. He wrote in Second Timothy chapter 2, and, and you know, we're, we're a soldier, and if you're a soldier, you don't get entangled with the affairs of this life that you may please him who enlisted you as a soldier. That's who Paul was. And that's why 40 men banded together and they said, we won't eat or we won't drink until we kill this man. And so the the devil does pursue us. He wants us to die. But the second point is, but God does protect us. And I'm not. I'm going to be real careful what do I say next. Because, you know, I could say, well, God wants to protect us and he wants us to live. But I won't say that. The devil does pursue us and he wants us to die. But God protects us and he wants us to finish our race. You see the difference? Look what we see next here in verse 16. And so... When Paul's sister's son heard of their ambush, he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Take this young man to the commander, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the commander and said, Paul the prisoner called me to him and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to say to you then the commander took him by the hand, went aside and asked privately, what is it that you have to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask that you bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire more fully about him. But do not yield to them for more than 40 of them lie in wait for him. Men who have bound themselves by an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now they are ready, waiting for the promise from you. So the commander let the young man depart and commanded him, Tell no one the things you have revealed these things to me. And he called for two centurions, saying, Prepare 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at the third hour of the night. That would be 9 p.m. Provide mounts to set Paul on, and bring him safely to Felix the governor, wrote a letter in the following manner. Claudius Lysias to the most excellent governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them. Coming with the troops, I rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. And when I wanted to know the reason they accused him, I brought him before their council. I found out that he was accused concerning questions of their law, but had nothing charged against him deserving of death or chains. And when it was told me that the Jews lay in a wait for the man, I sent him immediately to you and also commanded his accusers to be uh, state before you the charges against him farewell. Then the soldiers, as they were commanded, took Paul, brought him by night to Antipatris, The next day they left the horsemen to go on with him and return to the barracks. When they came to Caesarea and had delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. And when the governor had read it, he asked what province he was from. And when he understood that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear you when your accusers also have come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's praetorium. He ends up in Herod's Praetorium. For those of you who went to Israel with us, do you remember when we went to Caesarea? Do you remember that whole area, that whole property by the Mediterranean Sea? Remember back then? It was beautiful. Herod's Praetorium. It was kind of like a palace. And this is where Paul ends up. How? When 40 men band themselves together saying, we won't eat pizza, tacos, so he said, nothing, we won't, we won't drink anything unless this man dies. How does he go from there safely to Caesarea? Well, it just so happens, and I don't know, I wish, I don't know if we're going to be able to find out in heaven, but his nephew, he, he hears it. Somehow he finds out this whole thing. How did this little nephew find out? You know, some say he could have been a little boy. We know it says he was a young man. Maybe they were talking about it, thinking, oh, he's nothing, he's insignificant. But he finds out and he goes to his uncle Paul. Let me ask you a question. Did Paul get lucky? Was it just a a series of fortunate circumstances? No, it was the Lord. It was the Lord. But even that's not enough, if you think about it. Just because Paul found out, now he goes and he tells the, the, you know, the commander, when they make this request, now the commander has to make a decision. Well, what am I going to do? Should I give them what they ask? No. He calls a couple of centurions. He says, I want you to get 200 soldiers, 200 spearmen, 70 cavalry. and You guys know how that's like tanks in those days. 470 soldiers, and I want you to take him to Caesarea safely. Why? Because Paul was born... A Roman citizen and what do we see here what do we see we see that even though the devil pursues us God protects us that's what ends up happening right here you know I mean we are invincible until the day God is appointed for us to pass on and go home it's the invincible principle, and we need to know that. Pastor Chuck said it this way, the servant of the Lord is indestructible until the Lord is finished with him or her. And, and it's so important for us to know that, you know. because I know it's hard. And, and this morning as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, what if you went to the Olympics and you saw this guy run a race? And let's just say after the race was over, he, he kind of won the race, and this wouldn't it be kind of weird if he just kept running, running and running, and they're trying to catch? Hey, here's a flag. Can you, you know, you just won the gold for us? And and he just kept running and running and running, and just like, wait a minute, you finished the race. One of the things about the Lord is so important for us to understand: it, you want to finish the race, but but once you're finished, you know, celebrate, praise God. I mean. The devil pursues us, but God protects us until the day we finish the race. And we see that here. It's an interesting thing. You know, we're invincible until God says we're done. And, you know, as Christians, when we when we realize this, uh, a lot of things come to mind. One thing is that if we know this, the invincible principle then we don't have to be afraid of death because, number one, we know where we're going. And number two, He knows when we're going. And so we have nothing to be afraid of. You know, I want to live, to be honest with you, I, I, I love life. I've told you guys many times, I I enjoy pizza. I mean, I really thoroughly do. I love music. How many of you here like loud music, just out of curiosity? Don't you love it loud with the headphones on and you just crank up the bass? I love to exercise. I mean, I probably should have said this first. I love my family. (laughs) (laughs) I want to live. I want to be a companion to my wife. I want to be a counselor to my kids. I want to be a servant of the Lord. I, I love life, but I but I also know this that to depart is better. And as I'm reading the Bible and as I'm living life more and more, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid because he, you know, he. I know where I'm going, and he knows the best time as far as when to go. And, and I'm not afraid because I know that I'm indestructible until God says it's time. We don't have to be afraid because we know the destiny and he knows the day. The devil will pursue us, but God will protect us. The devil wants us to die, but God wants us to finish. There's a really neat psalm, psalm 68 in verse 20. It says, "Our God is the God of salvation, and to God the the Lord belong escapes from death." And, and that's an interesting passage, you know, because um you know, how many of you here have almost died? You almost died, just out of curiosity. Have any of you almost died? I don't know if Joey's here, but he flatlined twice because he, you know, got shot. He almost died. Um, I know other brother here was diagnosed with cancer. Doctor said, you got, you know, X amount of days. He's still with us now, years later, cancer free. You know, I, I know, you know, when we look at this, you know, for me, I could have died. I remember that one night when the gang was there and they wanted to kill me. They said, you better leave or you're going to die. So I had to leave. How many of you here, before you were Christians, maybe you you, drunk, you drank, as I say it, <laughs> and you drove? Have you guys ever done that? It's a terrible thing to confess to. I did it so bad that I didn't even remember driving. I should have died. Somehow I believe that God stepped in and the angel said, you know what, let me drive, man. And the Lord, he protected me, right? I mean, Paul had many experiences like this. Earlier in chapter 20 and verse 19, we're going to see in chapter 21, verse 31. um, Chapter 20, verse 19, they were trying to kill him and then the Romans spared him. And chapter 21, verse 19, he talks about the plotting of the Jews and how they were plotting to kill him. And so, um, what we see, the invincible principle, is that God's going to protect us uh, until we're done. The reason God protects us is because He still has work for us to do. Psalm 118.17 is a great passage. It says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. You know, we read in chapter 23 and verse 11, the Lord told Paul, don't worry, you're going to testify in Rome. So now these guys say, hey, we're going to kill you. Maybe in Paul's mind, he's saying, no, I'm going to Rome. They can't kill me. God's got a plan for my life. And we hold on to those promises. You know, in looking at this thing here, I think it's important for us to know in Hebrews 9 verse 27, the Bible says, and it is appointed for men to die once but after this, the judgment. And there's three things about that verse that are so important. Number one, there's no reincarnation. Okay, when you die, you don't come back as a bug or some animal or some other person, okay? It is appointed unto men once to die. Secondly, what we see in that verse is that there's an appointment. You can't change it. You know, you don't want to speed it up and you don't want to extend it. You can't. It's appointed unto men once to die. We have an appointment with death. You know, I was listening to a study by Adrian Rogers this past week and he talked about these guys that were in their 20s. They were pastors of churches. And one of the pastors, he told his friend, he said, can you go visit this old man over here? Because this old man over here is sick. He's got one foot in the grave and he's got one foot on a banana peel. And so Adrian Rogers said, "Yeah, I'll go visit him." And so he went visited him, and the guy accepted the Lord. Praise God. So he goes to tell his pastor friend, who's in his 20s, "Hey, the guy accepted the Lord." And they saw, "Yeah, cool." So he goes, has dinner with his wife. He gets up out of off the dinner table and he collapses. And he dies. And he's in his 20s. And he was thinking that this guy is going to die oh boy, you're going to die. Do you think you have tomorrow guarantee? None of us here know the day there is an appointment that we have with death. And what we need to know is where we're going. The only way you can know for sure is if you've really given your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking about going to church. Are you really saved? Because he died on a cross for you. He rose again. And he did all the work. But the Bible says that we have to repent and receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life. Have you done that? If you haven't, I pray that today would be the day that you give your life to the Lord. It's not something that I can do. It's not something that, you know, your friend can do for you or your son or your daughter or your parent. It's something that you have to do in your in your heart. Make a decision. Make a decision right here right now that your life belongs to Christ. It's so important. Because, you know, the devil, he pursues us. God protects us. But one last thing I want to share in, in looking at this, something that I think that we need to learn is, is we can have a say in the day. Now, it's interesting when you look at this whole thing. When, when Paul finds out that there isn't a, a whole plan to take him down, you know, what if he just said, oh, God will protect me. I don't have to do anything. What if he just laid down and died? What if he didn't say anything? That's like testing God. It's like the devil bringing Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple and saying, jump off. The Bible talks that God will protect you. The angels will take charge of you. And, and Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to jump off the temple. The Bible also says, don't tempt God. So in one sense, and we're gonna, don't worry, we're going to all wrap it up. Um, we can have a say in the day in one sense. You know, because we also need to do our part, right? Suicide, the devil will come in and he'll try to take, tell people to take their life. Man, if you're here and you get suicidal thoughts, that's the devil. God has a beautiful life for you. Please don't believe him. You know, and then just other things, too. And I don't want to sound weird or anything, but I am just going to say this straight out. You know, you should eat better. You should exercise. Amen? Now, does that guarantee you a long life? No, but maybe, maybe it might contribute. Maybe not. I don't know. One day, what if we find out organic food is bad for you? You know, I I don't know. But I think there is an aspect... Of responsibility. Like if you're smoking, you're smoking, and that's a debatable thing in the church. Some people, they smoke cigarettes. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, I would know that Pastor Chuck, when they asked him, you know, can a person who smokes cigarettes go to heaven? He says, well, I don't think uh, cigarettes will keep you out of heaven. It might get you there faster, you know. Because <laughs> you're smoking, and you're smoking, you're going to kill yourself. All, all I'm saying is that, in one sense, we do have a say. In, in the day. You know, you you know, and again, not to sound weird, but you know, you go down that that dark alley one night. Um, is that was that the, the Lord? Does just just do me a favor. I think for us the thing is don't be foolish, don't re, be rebellious. Live your life to the hilt for the Lord. Serve him for as long as you can. Because that's what we see Paul does here. It doesn't mean that we lay down and die. Here in Paul, we see that he did his part. And that's the whole Christian life. And let me just close with that principle. Because a lot of times people don't want... Well, why isn't more happening? Well, because the way that the Christian life works is that you have to pray as if it all depends on God. And you have to work... As if it all depends on you, do you understand that? And we say that. you know, Diamuudi is credited with saying that, but let me ask a question: Do you pray that way? Do you work that way? And that's the whole balance. Proverbs 21:31. "The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. That's the way it works, you guys in life. It's the Lord, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. But you and I, we must do our part as well. What happens with Paul is such a great thing to see. The way the Lord spared him and he had more work to do. And I pray that you guys, we would live our life with that understanding. We don't have time to go there. But Philippians chapter 1 is a really great passage in verses 19 through 26 well, Paul was also facing death, but what he did was he prayed and he asked them for prayer. And he said, I believe that through your prayers, I'm going to be delivered. And, and, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And, you know, that's kind of the way it works. I got a text message this morning from Darren and Mercedes, and they said that my, uh, our, my grandson is in critical condition. Will you please ask the church? To pray. You know, for Nadine, you know, we went to the City of Hope and we prayed. And the doctors did everything. We did everything. We do everything we can. Right? We trust in the Lord. But at the end of the day, He knows what's best. And we trust Him. And so I pray, you guys, that if you're here today and, and you know, as we have to deal with issues of life and death, that we would understand the invincible principle. Actually, I have one last screen I want to show you because it kind of summarizes everything. I think what it does is it gives a good balance um, regarding this whole thing. Um, I think we have it. Yes. When it comes to life and death, the devil pursues us, God protects us, and we can have a say in the day, but thankfully, God has the final word. What would you rather have, your will or his will? His will. Do you know Jesus Christ? Are you sure? If you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? If not, all you have to do is pray that prayer. And you mean it in your heart. And you watch what God will do. So if today that's you and you want to do that, I want to lead you in a prayer. And you watch what God does. He will come in and he will give you life.